KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. With Roe v. Wade, no longer the law of the land, Radioactive checks in tonight with Carrie Galloway of Planned Parenthood Association of Utah on the future of reproductive rights in Zion. Plus, the future of Miranda rights, given the SCOTUS ruling that came down last week, perhaps a bit overshadowed by Roe v. Wade, but what does that mean for the right to remain silent? We'll be talking with U of U professor Amos Giora, co-author of Five Words That Changed America, Miranda v. Arizona, and the right to remain silent. But let's get started with some rallies and resources, folks. Juneteenth activities still ongoing this month. In fact, as we speak, they're getting underway at the Richmond Park Mural Unveiling, 444 East, 600 South in Salt Lake City. If you're in the area or looking for something to do, get out and get over there with Sema Hadithi African American Heritage and Culture Foundation, Better Days 2020, and Tell the Story. It's um, a mural that depicts, it's Brooke Smart's artwork. She did the big series of Better Days about history, women's history in Utah. It features four black American women who lived and worked in the Central City neighborhood where the park is located, chosen by the Sema Hadithi African American Heritage and Culture Foundation. No ticket necessary, just stop on by. The ceremony should be getting underway as we speak. They recommend you take a blanket and some lawn chairs and they've got some food, friends, and fun for you. And then on the 30th, it's Juneteenth, the beloved community vigil over at the International Peace Gardens on Salt Lake City's west side, just off 9th West at about 11th South. You See Jordan Park there right on the street and the International Peace Gardens toward the back there. It is also the last day of the Golden Spike Chinese Art Show on Thursday, June 30th at the Utah, excuse me, the Union Station Museum up in Ogden on Wall Avenue. Celebrates the important contributions of Chinese railroad workers to the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, now in its 153rd anniversary. And it also recognizes Chinese-American contributions to the social and economic development of the United States during the 19th and 20th centuries. The works will include original drawings made by Chinese descendants from seven to 17 years old during the COVID-19 pandemic, which are published in 100 Years, Immigration History of Chinese in North America, a hand-drawn picture book by Maple Press. The art show will also include Chinese calligraphy artworks created by Utah members of the Salt Lake Eastern Art Club by Chinese descendants from 10 to 72 years old. Coming up on Saturday, July 9th, it's the 45th annual Utah Asian Festival, 11 to 8 at the Utah State Fair Park. And for all the festivals, you can go to the Rallies and Resources page of krcl.org. Click on Community Affairs at the top of our Rallies and Resources list. We have tried to kind of aggregate all of the festivals that are still to come. Hope you enjoyed the Utah Arts Festival over the weekend, the Park City Latino Arts Festival as well that wrapped up on Sunday. And if there's something we're missing, well, just send me an email, radioactive at krcl.org. All right, I wanted to share with you a conversation I had earlier today with Professor Amos Giora. He's on the show quite a lot. He's actually home in Jerusalem right now. Uh, His mother passed away. And she was one heck of a woman, so all my best to you and your family. 
in your time of mourning, Professor. But he took some time on Zoom to share his thoughts on uh, the recent Supreme Court ruling when it comes to Miranda. And we started the conversation by talking headlines with the professor. Taking a look at the headlines, Professor, I just wanted to run through a couple of these with you. Police officers can't be sued for Miranda violations, Supreme Court rules, reports the New York Times, whereas Reuters says U.S. Supreme Court protects police from Miranda lawsuits and the ACLU on its own reaction. Supreme Court ruling rejects the promise of Miranda rights. How do you take this latest from SCOTUS when it comes to the right to remain silent? I think that it's uh, been quote unquote in the works for a while. I mean, since the Miranda decision in, in 1966 written by then Chief Justice Earl Warren, the Supreme Court has pushed and pulled and pulled and pushed and pulled and pushed with respect to Miranda. Um, in the 80s, there's a decision called Quarles versus New York, which creates a public safety exception to Miranda. And then in 2000, there's the Dickerson decision in which written by uh, then Chief Justice Rehnquist that um, protects the court more than it protects Miranda when Congress sought to create legislation that would in essence bypass Miranda and Rehnquist's decision in Dickerson is, is largely interpreted as not protecting Miranda, but protecting the court. And there has been a lot over the years, this notion of, that is Miranda prophylactic or is Miranda a constitutional, constitutional protection. Um, and over the years, that's been a, a major um, source of controversy, con, uh, con, uh, contraceptive or a um, prophylactic or a um, constitutional protection. And I think what we're seeing now, um, I don't want to say it's the beginning of the end of Miranda, because I think that's too dramatic. I think it's too early for that. But I do think that, that it, it, the court in its present makeup uh, is clearly articulating concerns that have been previously articulated primarily by conservative justices. And given the, the present makeup of, of the court, um, perhaps there are those who would suggest that the, the decision is a harbinger in terms of the future of Miranda. But I think if you allow me to say one more word, I would imagine that um, in the same way that the court is indicating one way or the other, um, a willingness to engage with other precedents over the course of the past decades. And um, perhaps this decision must be viewed in a broader context. What is that broader context? I know you don't want to drift into Roe. That's not your area of expertise. But when we look at this court, profoundly conservative, it seems to be withdrawing the court from certain avenues and saying we're remanding it back to the state. But in the meantime, I feel like as a populace, we're left in chaos. So do you see this in the broader context of all the rulings uh, that are coming out right now? No, I, I, let's focus on, on, on this case in context of law enforcement. I, I think that whatever this expression means, it opens the door to law enforcement to, again, push, pull, pull, push on Miranda. But I, you know, it also needs to be said that law enforcement, somebody who's a, he or she who's in law enforcement today, Miranda has been part of their lives because, you know, Miranda was written in 1966. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost as old as me, right? 
Um, but someone who's who's an officer today, that's the that's what he or she knows. Um, they don't know something other than Miranda, um, and it's part of their culture. I mean, it's part of their DNA. Um, and I'm not sure to what extent the court in its ruling understands that he or she cop out in the street, all they know is Miranda. Um, and they're, they're, uh, I don't know to what extent they're familiar with the history of the past decades. Um, and that's why I think, I think I'm right that the decision um, and the message it signals needs to be viewed in a, in a broader context in terms of how this court um, sees its role moving forward. Full stop, and then I'm going to say something that will irritate you, I'm sure, <laughs> no doubt. But hey, I gave you a heads up. You did. So my liberal friends are all yelling and screaming and kicking and, you know, and I told them, and this will irritate you and I'm sure many of your viewers, but um, then President Obama had one had a number of missions. One of the critical ones was to think about the Supreme Court 25 years down the road. And where he failed, comma, miserably, was in not, pick your adjective, forcing um, then Justice Ginsburg to retire. And he, there are reports that there was a dinner, I don't know what to what's true, what's not true, the, the president, the first lady, Justice Ginsburg and her husband, in which he delicately sought to suggest her to move on. There are moments in a, in a president's life, and I think of somebody like Lyndon Johnson, where delicacy is not um, the DNA, but you need to, um, you know, grab him where it hurts. And I think that President Obama's failure to do that came back to, to pardon my English, but to bite not only him, but those who uh, consider themselves aligned with, with President Obama and, and Justice Ginsburg. And it really shows the extraordinary power of the Supreme Court and why even I have a friend, um, we've been friends for years, who's a Democrat, Republican, he's Democrat Monday, Republican on Tuesday, it goes back and forth. But he in 2016 voted Trump. And I said to him, like, why? He said, Supreme Court, whoa. And it just, in retrospect, what is it, six years looking back, clearly this has been in the works. Um, and in that sense, perhaps we'll circle to the Miranda discussion. I don't think it's any surprise that the court is signaling yet again disfavor with um, Miranda, framing it as a prophylactic is not a constitutional protection. And I think the same, again, I'm sure you know this far better than me. I mean, you're in the States and I'm here in Israel, um, whether it's going to apply now to safe, safe, same sex marriage. Um, and I even saw the Senator from Texas who's named Cronin, I think, who tweeted, I can't tell deliberately, not deliberately, tweet, you know, fun, not fun, um, that we need to, uh, uh, the court needs to re-engage re with Brown and Plessy versus Ferguson. Yeah. And that's why I think the this, the the Vega Vega decision needs to be viewed in, in the broader context. And in reading more of the commentary from the American Civil Liberties Union, they do point out that this doesn't reduce the obligation of police to issue Miranda warnings. And like you said, it's been practice policy for law enforcement across this country since '66. It it um it it 
Right. It doesn't eviscerate Miranda. It signals. There's a there's a there's a process here, right? We saw this again. I don't want to get into row. I'm not a row expert in any way, but there's been discussion back and forth and back and forth. And I remind you and the listeners, and you're much too young for this, but um, in the aftermath of Miranda in '66, there were signs on America's highways impeach Earl Warren, the then the, who penned the opinion. And and I remind you that. The 1968 presidential election, President I mean, Richard Nixon, Hubert Humphrey, Nixon ran on a number of different um, um, platforms, two relevant to our conversation. One was law and order, which is a euphemism to appeal to, um, we're speaking frankly here with discomfort, but to white America. Um, and in addition to law and order, the other phrase was the silent majority. Um, with the insinuation that Miranda was putting criminals on the street. I think if you take a, as we, as we do in, in the book, and I sent you a link to the book, take a long-term historical view, as, um, there's that sense that the America of the 60s of Earl Warren um, and the Warren Revolution, the Civil Rights Revolution, um, is very much at, an antithesis, antithesis to this particular Supreme Court. Some food for thought from Amos Giora, professor of law at the S.J. Quinney College of Law at the University of Utah. He is co-author of Five Words That Changed America, Miranda v. Arizona, and the Right to Remain Silent. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check out that book and the professor's other works. All right, stick around because coming up next, Carrie Galloway is here from the Planned Parenthood Association of Utah. And we're going to talk about Roe v. Wade, the temporary restraining order that Planned Parenthood was able to get here in Utah, which means uh, abortion services are still available for another 14 days in Zion. So to get us from here to there, little Ray Zaragoza, fight like a girl on KRCL 90.9. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Love's Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. The Utah Department of Health and Human Services has information and steps for parents affected by the infant formula recall and shortage, now available in 28 languages in addition to English and Spanish. Visit health.utah.gov for details. KRCL's annual record and CD sale will be making its triumphant return in 2022. We're planning something special, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, we'll be taking donations of your gently used, tremendously loved, but slightly neglected records and CDs. If you can let go, we can make sure those treasures get their way to the next music lover in line. Donations are tax deductible and will help power your community radio station, 90.9 FM, KRCL. If you'd like to donate, reach out to me, Eric P. Nelson, at recordsale at krcl.org for details. See you soon. Yeah, and thank you so much for all of your donations for our upcoming record sale. More details online at krcl.org. And every day somebody brings another stash in, and we're so grateful for that. I'm Laura Jones. You're listening to Radioactive 
on KRCL 90.9. Coming up at 7, it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelman at 8. Get your night train with Michelle at 10.30. And John Florence back for your brand new day at 6 a.m. All of our programs, you can uh, listen on demand to the last two weeks at krcl.org. Just click on the programming tab. Questions, comments, suggestions for the show, email me, radioactive at krcl.org. All right, so earlier this afternoon, some breaking news. Abortion services can resume in Utah because a a Utah court just blocked the state's abortion ban, which took effect after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last Friday. And a virtual press conference by my next guest, Carrie Galloway, she had this to say. It means that we have restarted procedures in Planned Parenthood clinics, We've got people who have been waiting in the waiting room all Recording day in progress. for this to happen. And um, when I went downstairs to announce it, there was a lot of relief in the room. Carrie Galloway, president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Association of Utah. Welcome back to Radioactive. It's good to see you for all the wrong reasons. Oh, Laura, you're always the first to call and <laughs> want to discuss all the good and bad news that uh, Planned Parenthood has. All right, so let's let's dig into this because we've been seeing this this slow-moving train, it feels like, coming our way for decades, and it's picked up steam. And on Friday, the worst happened it as far sure as you're did. concerned. Yeah. Um, 8 o'clock Friday morning, they announced that first they announced, oh, they were tricky about that. They said... They upheld Dobbs' decision in Mississippi, and I said to myself, oh, good. It's only going to be at 15 weeks. We can get most women and pregnant people taken care of at 15 weeks. I took a big, deep breath, but the next words out of their mouth, and they also decided to overturn Roe and turn it all back to the states, and it was... Oh, devastating. You've been doing this work since you joined Planned Parenthood of Utah in 1981, became CEO in 87. It, you've been in it for the long haul. Is this the hardest it's been? Oh, I don't know. When things just keep happening, it's hard to grade them. <laughs> well, there's the majority according <laughs> to polls, okay? Take polls with a grain of salt. Yeah. But the majority of Americans support this is, the right to abortion. They do. And this is something that we can't fix creatively like we have in the past. This is like starting over. In every state and jurisdiction. And from st- place one. Luckily, Planned Parenthood of Utah has some of the most magnificent lawyers and friends working with us. And I have to say, 2020, Utah passed this trigger bill. And we knew what their intention was. And then they decided to hear Dobbs. And then you listened to those arguments in last December, and it was just devastating to listen to the questions of this prominently conservative court that the last 
administration. I started to say a bad word and I can't. Yeah, you promised me we weren't going to. We have a I pact. Yes. We're not going to curse. There was a bad administration before our current administration. And they packed the courts, no doubt. And they tricked people. And let's say, you know, Bagley is a good cartoonist. He's even suggesting some of them lied. All right? I agree with him. And so we've got this court, and they're bent on overturning Roe. They've been honest now that they planned to overturn Roe. And on Friday, they overturned Roe. And what that means for Utah is different than it means in other states. We have passed law on law on law here in Utah because we don't believe women, we don't trust women, we don't think they can make their own decisions, so they have to wait 72 hours before they can even make an appointment. And during that time, they have to do state-mandated information, they have to have an interview, they have to watch a video, they have to sign a permission slip, and then they can make an appointment. So the women who and people who were pregnant who had appointments last Friday had made them a week or 10 days ago. They were set on ending a problem pregnancy. They knew what they were doing. And luckily, we got through them because the state had to certify that the Utah trigger law used the same language and it matched with what the Supremes did in overturning Roe. I don't think it took them 12 hours to decide that it did. No, it didn't. No, and, but at least they waited till the end of the business day, and we had three waiting rooms full of people, and they all got their services. But at 6 o'clock at night, we were at a rally at the Capitol, and we learned that it was certified. So we knew that the people who were in the waiting room on Saturday were in for a rude awakening because they no longer had bodily autonomy over their own body. It had been commandeered by the politicians of Utah. The gy gynoticians. Yeah, and they got to make the decisions. And their decision was they should carry their pregnancy to term. Mm. And, you know, the people who work for Planned Parenthood do it to serve the people. They are there to provide health care, information, education. And they were the ones who had to tell these pregnant people that they couldn't make their own decisions, even though they had jumped through all the hoops that the state had laid out for them. Sorry, tricked you. Yeah. Well, your attorneys at the American Civil Liberties Union of Utah, and, and you got huddled together and you filed for a temporary restraining order over the weekend. We did. and Walk me through that. You know, the case had been in the works for a long time. We have wonderful, excellent reproductive justice, reproductive health, reproductive committed attorneys at our national offices at Planned Parenthood. We have our f bestie friends at the ACLU. And then we've gone with a local firm who works in state court a lot and does a lot of appeals, and they're experts at it. And they've joined together, 
and they've got this brief written, and we filed Saturday afternoon. And we got a hearing today at 3. And when that judge said, I'm granting the TRO immediately, I was in a room of a number of people, and we all just screamed. We were so relieved that women and pregnant people could get abortion today. We will work to the end of the day for everyone who's waiting. We will call back the people from Saturday to come back in, and we will be able to be doing the people who are signed up for Tuesday and Wednesday. We will resume doing informed consent and signing up people for the next 14 days. The next 14 days. And just to quote from the Salt Lake Tribune story by Becky Jacobs just filed, uh, Third District Judge Andrew Stone granted the request to issue a temporary restraining order and goes in effect immediately last 14 days. And he says, and I'm quoting here from the story and the quote by Stone, this is irreparable harm that could be done without the order in place. I think the immediate effects that will occur outweigh any policy interests of the state in stopping abortions immediately. Doctors here are threatened with felonies. The affected women are deprived of safe local medical treatments to terminate pregnancies, unquote, Judge Stone. So tell me about um, the, the ban and what the judge is sta- saying there. You know, it means he listened really well. Um, the harm to women to pregnant people of not being able to carry out a decision that they made in the best interest of themselves and their families. Because let's face it, the majority of people who get abortions are already parents. They know what they're getting into. They are also the people who come to Planned Parenthood. More than 50% don't have health insurance. So they know they're facing a pregnancy without health care, without means of providing um, that expensive health care. And so they have irreparable harm when they cannot fulfill their personal decisions. You know, it's, it amazes me. The state pretends, and I use that word with not love in my heart, that they love families, and that's why they're doing this. They love the unborn. They have had three consecutive years, legislative sessions. They have had an opportunity to expand Medicaid for women who need help in affording contraception. Which would drive down abortions. Abortion. It is, contraception is considered the most effective public health initiative in the current century. It has the largest impact on people and families for strength. And for three years, they've ignored that piece of legislation where they could have prevented the need for people to make abortion decisions. Where's the love? Where's the care? Where are they assisting the people of Utah? 
And think about the expansion we need to provide prenatal care for the people who want to be pregnant and are currently pregnant. And we can't prioritize that money for Medicaid, for health in Utah. But they want to force people to have an unplanned or unwanted pregnancy. It makes no sense to me. Talking with Carrie Galloway of Planned Parenthood Association of Utah and Valentina DeFay, senior staff attorney for the ACLU of Utah, shared the following statement in response to the court issuing the temporary restraining order today, which keeps the trigger ban from going into effect in Utah. She uh, writes, no one should have to carry a pregnancy forcibly against their will. Today, the court issued a temporary restraining order with immediate effect that temporarily permits clinics to resume providing essential health care. The hearing provided a stark reminder of anti-abortion laws' harms on Utahns and individuals around the country. The hearing also served as a forum to strongly argue the state of Utah's constitution offers protections of rights independent of federal law. Today's order is a win, but it is a first step in a long struggle in continuing to fight for reproductive justice in our state. And I was reminded of... Is it Colorado that it's actually in their constitution, women's rights, that the League of Women Voters helped them secure in the 70s, I believe it was? They did, and they've strengthened it each year up till last year. Um, they saw the writing on the wall here. They've had a large contingent in Colorado who has put forth initiatives to try and make abortion illegal there. And they've been shut down. Their constitution. Ev- right. Every time. rights. And um, it's nice to have neighbors uh-huh. that are welcoming and more respectful of women and pregnant people and their decisions. Well, tell me about this strategy hinging on the state of Utah's constitution offering protections of rights independent of federal law. Because it doesn't specifically say women's rights and nor is the word women I believe in our cons- our federal constitution or abortion or and abortion. that was pointed out in the hearing mm-hmm. today but the reality is that our constitution calls out men and women being treated equally and it alludes to the fact that it should address societal and political issues. So it leaves the door open for interpretation as time goes on. If you look at how the trigger law affects differently men and women, men still have the authority to make decisions about their own bodies. Women do not have the authority to make decisions about their own bodies. That's a problem. I'm guessing we're going to hinge on the word body. I feel like there's a lot of semantics happening in these arguments. Well, there are so many issues that need to be litigated. Um, I've been a mother twice. It was a decision. I acknowledge that there would be things like morning sickness, that there would be things like discomfort, indigestion. There were things like pain 
and eat that's even before delivery. You know, that's carrying around a lot of weight and moving it around in your body. And um, then there's potential for a lot of other issues that can come up as it affects my body. But I chose to be pregnant. I chose to keep the pregnancy and to deliver the babies. All right, I want to I want to jump in here and perhaps upset some people listening, perhaps make some others happy, but a lot of the rhetoric I'm seeing from folks taking victory laps over this reversal of a, a right <clears throat> being taken away from a certain percentage of the population is that well you had that choice earlier. You made the you you made the choice to put you in the position and I am mindful of the lessons I got coming of age about how I had to police my body on behalf of any male in the room. So what, what is your response to that, that women do have that choice, which is to not have sex, basically, by choice? Because <laughs> we all know that there's a lot of sex that happens that isn't a choice at all on behalf of There folks. certainly is. And it does not seem to me that the potential of another life being brought into the world is equal to the woman's control of her own body. Um, and that's just how I believe. Mm -hmm. um, we need to make tough decisions in life. And it has come to pass as the years have gone on that the reality is people have sex mm -hmm. and it's not always completely thought through and no one has said that you need to have an abortion but if it is not available as a choice we have eliminated from more than 50% of the population because there are more women yeah. than men or more uteruses available that they don't have control over their own body. And that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Talking with Carrie Galloway of Planned Parenthood for the remainder of our hour here on Radioactive, and I wanted to talk to you a bit about an article in Axios Salt Lake City, new in town. Erin um, Alberti and Kim Bajorquez, their edition for today. I'll put a link in the show notes, folks, where you can sign up for the newsletter. But the headline, one big thing, Utah's looming OBGYN shortage coming on top of this. They write, Utah consistently has one of the nation's highest fertility rates, according to the CDC. And the state's pool of OBGYNs already is struggling to meet that demand. And then they, they talk about medical residencies. We have a great medical school uh, up at the University of Utah. And uh, with a ban in place, would folks decline to get their training here? What is your read on this, uh, this, uh, this line of thought? But also, what are you hearing? Because I believe Planned Parenthood has a lot of, does a lot of training. We do. We do a lot of work with the medical school at the university, training not just residents and medical students, but postdoc students. Um, and it is uh, 
a skill for not just an elective abortion, but many problem pregnancies need to be addressed for the health and life of the woman to complete an abortion. And so it's training that needs to happen. And there are quite a few OBGYNs, especially in Utah with its conservative theological bent that, that do not provide that service. So you need a place like Planned Parenthood. We are the referral for most physicians, for most hospitals, because the laws in Utah have made restrictions on when hospitals can provide pregnancy termination or abortion. And um, we are the experts in it. And so we train people. Um, it is an issue where a certain portion of the population, a lot of them being legislators here in Utah, have decided that their morals supersede anyone else's morals. Their beliefs supersede and are better than other beliefs. Their spiritual reasoning supersedes other people's and therefore they've become the boss of us. Looking at the band's language, this was SB 174 passed in 2020. It says two physicians who practice maternal fetal medicine concur that the fetus has a defect, that it's uniformly diagnosable, uniformly lethal, severe brain abnormality that is uniform, uniformly diagnosable, then okay. But with the exceptions for rape and incest, before performing that abortion, the physician will have to verify the rape or incest has been reported to law enforcement or the proper authorities. I'm guessing you see some problems with how that works out. Well, with 80% of sexual assault not being readily reported because of the trauma that the person has gone through, it's a problem. Their health care needs to be addressed. Um, their mental health will need to be addressed. Maybe before they're feeling strong enough to report it to an authority. But with abortion being a time-sensitive situation, they may not line up. And so it's the ultimate insult to injury that a person has been assaulted and then they're not able to deal with a resulting pregnancy. So I want to talk a bit about the protest over the weekend, the rally, and those drone photos showing how many people came out and supported the cause. Did that give you a bit of a, a lift? Well, we already talked about Friday being kind of crappy day, <laughs> starting at 8 in the morning. and um, But Planned Parenthood had gotten a permit at the Capitol to provide a place for people to come and gather with those who thought similarly and have some sort of catharsis. Be with people and bemoan the fact that rights had been taken away. It was not our usual type of rally. 
we didn't have the ACLU speaking and the Rape Crisis Center speaking and Planned Parenthood speaking from their organization. We had real people speaking from their person or their community, how this was going to affect them and the people they loved. It was a wide swath of people. I loved the pastor from um, the Unitarian Universalist, the South um, Salt Lake branch. She had a teacher on that said she was faithfully pro-choice and wearing her collar. Oh, did that make me feel good that someone of faith, of organized religion, was willing to speak out, not just for her congregation, but for anyone else who had spiritual feelings that they could listen to her and put it in perspective for their life. We had people who had had abortions talk about why and how it empowered their life. We had people from all of the ethnic and racial communities who make up the strength of Salt Lake, the strength of variety of Utah as we joined together. One woman who spoke identified herself as mentally challenged, but she was articulate and passionate and willing to identify herself and her strengths and that she would fight to make sure that everybody had a choice of abortion. They often say that the people from the disabled communities are against abortion because they worry about people um, wanting perfect pregnancies, perfect babies. Here was a woman from the disabled community speaking that she believed everyone needed to make their own decision and she would fight for it. Oh, what a powerful woman she was. You know, it was long. Everybody spoke from the heart. Probably everybody spoke too long. (laughs) But each individual person was so powerful in what they had to say. And a friend of mine, Yehemi, did the wonderful speech about um, they came for the socialists, and I wasn't a socialist, so I didn't speak up. Or they came for the union person, and I wasn't a union person, so I didn't speak up. And it gets down to, and then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak up. And, oh, Yahemi, you spoke for all of us about just what we were feeling, that we've got to work together to make to make the people who think that they're smarter than everyone else and they're the bosses of everyone else and they get to make all of the rules that they've got to listen to the people who make up the population. You mentioned we got to work together and uh, in looking over a lot of the messaging that's coming out, um, there's wheels we don't need to reinvent in this fight. There are organizations like the Utah Abortion Fund that uh, is doing that work. Um, can you talk a bit about that, about the, the network of folks working on this issue? Well, I think that everyone 
has skin in this game, as they say, who believes in bodily autonomy, who believes in individual decision-making, and believes in people that they can make good decisions yeah. for themselves. Um, and everybody may have different tactics and come in from different perspectives. Um, in fact, we had two rallies on Friday night. That's right. There was a march that started down at the city and county building on State Street. Because those people believe in marching. That's right. And they believe that they needed to bring their people to join everyone together. Mm -hmm. And so instead of starting at 6 at the Capitol, we started at 7. So they could start at 6 and march up to the Capitol. Everybody wanted a different tone, but we all came together and said, we'll let the people speak. And there was some talk back from the crowd, and some of it was listened to, and some of it was shut down. But everybody is worth listening to. Yeah. And as we build the case, we will be turning to those who deal with sexual assault, those who are in medicine and deal the maternal fetal medicine docs, the docs who take care of people in the emergency room who may um, do self-abortion. We will bring everyone together to be able to tell their story and make the case for why eliminating access to abortion hurts the people of Utah. Have you had protesters showing up at the clinics? We have had a number of groups who've taken it upon themselves to um, harass people choosing to come for health care, for people who choose to work for Planned Parenthood, for people who live in the neighborhood where Planned Parenthood operates. Um, it's been pretty messy. Mm. And we have had to rely on law enforcement, the city council here in Utah, in Salt Lake, to work with us to keep people safe. Um, it's been tough. Yeah. Where does this case go from here? You've got this 14-day restraining order uh, that the judge approved just this afternoon. That's 14 days to try and make a case. Wh what is it that you're trying to get from the judge? We have about 7 to 10 sections of the case that we're making. We will need to pull together our witnesses, our depositions, expand what we're saying about it to make our case. That Utah's Constitution protects the rights of men and women equally. And that pregnancy itself is a health risk. Um, that it's a cost. That all of the argument will be pulled together. The next hearing will begin on the 11th. It will also be scheduled to the 12th and 13th, depending how long it takes. Then what the outcome of that hearing is for Planned Parenthood to ask for a preliminary injunction, 
which is the next stop, meaning halt, to the Utah trigger law. Once the preliminary injunction is in place, that's when the law case begins. About Utah's constitution. Right. What do you think about the constitutionality of trigger ban laws, period, because they are passed by previous elected representatives and then current representatives are held to it. And I, I'm no lawyer, obviously. I don't even play one on TV. Yeah. But that's been sitting in my brain for a while. Like, how, how is that just? It's just how the system works, Laura. Yeah. I mean, I've got problems <laughs> with the, the original trigger ban uh -huh. because it didn't have much of a discussion. Mm -hmm. There weren't doctors who talked about why they didn't think it worked. You know, the, the legislature just decided in their almighty power that they would do a trigger ban. Well, it didn't cost them anything. No. Because no. there was no reversal of Roe v. Wade, and now here it is, and uh, the dominoes are falling. So how can people stay on top of what Planned Parenthood is doing and this case as it moves forward? Well, you can always be an ambassador with Planned Parenthood, and um, I'm sure most of the fans here of uh, Radioactive have heard about our ambassador program. Sign up for the alerts. Teen um, Council. Teen Council. Um, PlannedParenthood.org is going to um, provide you all the information you need. We're suggesting that the Utah Abortion Fund is a good place for money. Um, National Abortion Fund is a good place for money. They provide um, scholarships for people who can't afford their abortion. And remember, only 26 states are opting to eliminate uh, the access to abortion. The other states are working to welcome everyone. But remember, there weren't enough appointments before this happened. This is not going to be easy. Um, and we also always accept um, donations at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> um, we got to pay for all these incredible lawyers <laughs> who are going to represent us. And um, uh, we also um, need to make sure that everyone can afford their health care. Carrie Galloway, Planned Parenthood Association of Utah President and CEO. Thanks so much for coming in and spending a big chunk of your evening with me. I really appreciate it. Laura, as always, thanks for asking. And that's Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Questions, comments, suggestions, you can go to radioactive at krcl.org or rather send me an email there. And do check out the website. I'll get the show up and you'll find links to events and resources mentioned in tonight's show. Going to take you out with a bit of Ani DeFranco amendment. It just feels right here on KRCL 90.9. Have a great night, everybody.